Hi everyone, and welcome to Play Crush. It's Joe Murphy here. We have a great episode this week with the quite frankly disgustingly talented Arinze Kelly. Arinze is one of the most thrilling voices in theatre today. He's written six hit plays and has some extraordinary acting credits to his name, including Simba in Disney's Lion King, Been So Long by Che Walker at The Young Vic, One Night in Miami at the Donmar Warehouse, Girl from the North Country at The Old Vic, and Death of a Salesman back at The Young Vic. He's also an incredible singer. He's a two-time Olivier Award nominee. Oh yeah, and he got an MBE in this year's birthday on his list. Honestly, it's enough to make you sick. To cap it all off, Arinze is a humble, charming and deeply insightful person. Talking to him was an absolute dream if I could just stop being envious for long enough. Arinze's play crush was The Crucible by Arthur Miller. The Crucible is a 1953 play by American playwright Arthur Miller. It's a dramatised and partially fictionalised story of the Salem witch trials that took place in Massachusetts Bay Colony during 1692-93. to Miller wrote the play as an allegory for McCarthyism when the United States government persecuted people accused of being communists. Miller was questioned by the House of Representatives Committee on Un-American Activities in 1956 and convicted of contempt of Congress for refusing to identify others present at meetings he had attended. In a small, tightly knit community, personal grievances collide with lust and superstition, fueling widespread hysteria. Miller's timeless parable attacks the evils of mindless persecution and the terrifying power of false accusations. This is very much a play for our times, and it's one of my favourites, so I was really excited when Arinze chose it. And without further ado, here is Arinze Kenne with The Crucible. Hello, Arinze. Hey, how you doing? I don't know how amazing, but uh, but how you doing, man? Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> oh man, I, I think pretty amazing. Um, I have a crush on you. That's the truth of it. I always have. Uh, so this feels like a real creep. Mutual, <laughs> Jill. I mean, I'm I'm oh, your man, I'm your biggest stalker. Um, I don't know. If you... I'm going red. I'm flushing. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Oh, mate. Well, listen, thanks so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Um, so how's it been? I mean, what have you been up to recently? You know what? It's been all right, man. What, uh, it's, it's been all right. Um, we're in October 2020. And so it has, been, <laughs> it has been very, very interesting a year for everyone. Um, and obviously, I can go into detail and we'd probably be speaking for about 50 years if I were to outline the many ways in which it has been a very interesting year. But I just want to say I'm healthy and I'm very grateful for, for the fact that I get to talk to you and still uh, connect with my community. Yeah. Yeah, well, man, it's a privilege to have you on here. And and how's it been? I mean, as an actor, like, it, obviously, we're hearing a lot of the moment um, about the sort of devastation of the industry. And there are those um, obviously also still lucky enough to be working and and, and are you working? And if so, I mean, what's that been like in the sort of new normal? So I, I mean, I have been working. Um, it's uh, it's mainly writing, you know. Um, I'm. Uh, it's it's been tricky uh, in the beginning, you know, uh, when we didn't know how long this thing was going to last for, or lockdown specifically, how long lockdown and quarantining and and uh, you know the shutdown and 
theatres and the closing of theatres and, and performance spaces and, and film. Uh, we didn't know. And so, you know, it was a bit interesting to, to navigate. You know, I, I felt like uh, maybe I put a, a small pause on things. Um, but then kind of, uh, I guess, a couple of months in, you realise that, no, this is this is actually how things are going to be for a while. And so you just have to work under these circumstances. And um, and so I've had to adapt, you know, I'm working uh, from home. I had to learn how to work from home. I've never, never, <laughs> never done that before. Um, you know, I kind of like, I can revise from home, you know, I can kind of like polish and, and do little <laughs> little bits, but to actually properly sit down and have a, a proper full day of work here in the same space that I eat and like uh, play music and watch movies uh and it's it's just it's always been hard it's always been a challenge but i've learned how to do that um like i said lucky to be working writing working on some uh some some new material and um and yeah little bits of filming as well you know like a you know well one little photo shoot well not little but it was it was, it was fun it felt little um because uh, it was quick, you know, like with, with, with the restrictions, you kind of have to be in and out. It's like, you know, everything's prepared before you get there and then you just do it and then you're out. Um, but yeah, I've got a little bit of filming coming up as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And we've had uh, roughly three weeks of rehearsals and, um, and it's just been lovely to be in the room with, uh, with, with everyone. Oh yeah, that's amazing. It's so great. It's so great to hear that you're busy and I mean, that must be so surreal. I, I, is everyone in masks? Is that because I, I too have been working from home since mm. since lockdown. I sort of forgotten what any kind of public space looks like, and therefore I haven't been in any workspace. But mm. um, I'm imagining it's all kind of masked up and quite intense experience. Man, it is. It is. It is masked up. It's. I, I don't know why I chose to watch. Uh, Watchmen, the series, while in lockdown, <laughs> but like it just feels like an extension of that. Like every, everybody is in masks, you know, um, and uh, it, you know it's a it's it's that it's the other day, you know, I was I, I went um I went out somewhere and I got home and and um and I was saying oh it would have been nice to to see some of the people's faces, you know, that I was just connecting with, <laughs> you know, because if I and it wasn't until I got home that it occurred to me that I don't know what anyone looked like. But um, but yeah, rehearsals <laughs> have been have been pretty fun, um, masks and all, and restrictions and all, and we're we're, we're socially distancing. Um, uh, the in in the I guess the the film I'm doing, um, I have a monologue, and so I my my stuff is really quite. I don't have to touch anybody. I don't have to get close to anybody. My rehearsals have been uh, isolated. It's just literally been me, the artistic, and uh, me, the director, and the the assistant director in the room and um mm. and so yeah it's that's my experience so far wow amazing and mm. um, and then talk to us so writing is the other thing that's obviously been taking up a lot of your time and how, how have you found that Cause it, you know it's interesting talking to some of our other guests about like the sort of like psychological effects as well as the like physical effects of covid and lockdown and and, and what yeah. that can do to creativity and have you found that inspiring uh depressing a bit of both like how's that affected your writing it's it's been a bit of both so there's there's been a bit of a journey for the first i would say month it was i couldn't write at all you know it was just about Mm. trying to stay sane um and uh (laughs) and then and then it was uh it, it was about 
trying to figure out who I am as a as an artist um, without the things that make me feel comfortable in my life, you know. Um, so you know, with with the, when when everything goes to to ish, you know, what do I still create? You know, um, you know, can I kind of create from this place of, of frenzy and what does come out of me? I started journaling every day, you know, um, something that I had been doing but very inconsistently. And I found that form of writing, like my, uh, it was my favorite thing to do, you know, every day and in the evening as well. You know, um, I was reading uh, some things that I had been putting off for a while. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, uh, really um, things started getting better after a few weeks of, uh, of returning to London. So I got back to London um, beginning of June and, uh, and, and I, it just took a few weeks to settle. Um, uh, I had to throw all my dead plants away, and that was very sad because <laughs> I, was, I wasn't expected to be away for so long. Um, and that was really sad because I had just got them from Columbia Road Market like a few weeks before I had left. And um, and so yeah, I had to, I had to dash them away. Um, one of them survived actually. I don't know. I don't know how the snake plant survives, but it did. So if anyone's wondering about plants that can uh, survive if you leave them alone for three months, then get a snake plant. But um, yeah, I mean that 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 that's that's what most people actually I think have been worrying about is like like what's yeah. what's, what's the long what's the long plant? That's what I'm after here. That's it, right? Well, that's kind of interesting that 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 uh, that it, it it sort of pushes you into a self reflection mode or like a figure out who you are mode. Yeah, um, feels like a sort of one very small positive to be found in this kind of horrendous situation. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's an interesting question that maybe we can just lead on to there about like who you are and like where you've come from and and how who am i i don't know i don't know who yeah i, I know <laughs> i mean what a question to ask I mean, good Lord, Joe. what a question um okay listeners sit in we're going to be here for about 24 hours <laughs> tell us who he is um uh, i guess more but you know what i mean like because it's always struck me you know um just when someone tries to define you um you pop up with someone else like it's like, oh, Rinzo, he's that amazing actor. Oh no, he's not. He's a really pretty writer. Um, oh no, he's not. He's a musician. Uh, oh no, actually, he's not any of those things. He's he's sort of quit everything and, and gone to Normandy. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's always. Um, it feels like there's a there's so many facets uh, to you, which I think is really exciting, particularly in a world and an industry, dare I say, that wants us to be one thing that people understand and can commodify in a way. Um, so I'd just be interested to maybe talk about that journey like how you got into it, where all those different strands have come from and and and, and do you recognise yourself when I describe you in that like lots of different ways kind of thing? And is um, that something you love? I I, I mean I don't recognise myself in the mirror every morning, Joe. <laughs> um yeah, I mean I just like when people tell me what what I am, I'm just I guess I, I guess, you know, that's that's my answer. Um no, no, I I, I gen I genuinely um I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I enjoy making things from scratch. That's what I love doing or, or, or sometimes not from scratch. I just enjoy making things. And, um, and, and if there was one way to describe me, um, it's, it's that it's making things collaboratively, you know, uh, whether it's being, uh, you know, asked to, 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 to perform in something, you know, um, or to write or to come into um, a writer's session or you know whether it's like a a musician you know who's writing something and she needs somebody to help with some lyrics like you know um, I I kind of just enjoy 
the creative process you know and and that um space mm-hmm. and that is really honestly what i miss right now it's not um it, it's about it's i miss the room you know i miss um i miss the flow of being of not knowing uh you know where you're gonna be in two months you know what room you're gonna be whether it's in a studio um or uh, on set somewhere um you know it's uh it, that that's the joy of it it's just the flow and and um yeah so i do i, I guess i guess maybe one thing that might have uh um it contributed to the to the fact that i i feel like i i just kind of turned my hand to anything creative is because of uh when i was growing up i was really um indecisive about what i wanted to do um <laughs> my, my my dad my dad tells this story about how when i was five he asked me what i wanted to be and i said i, I wanted to be a writer but i can't remember that I mean, well, I was five. Five years old. He already uh, knew. He already already, knew. Apparently, you know. Um, and and the thing is, he told me he he told he told that story before I had started writing as well. You know, so maybe that was <laughs> maybe he made it up and he just kind of hijacked my brain and just inst- <laughs> it's like it's, you know maybe that's what happened he instilled it you know uh, by fabricating that who knows but apparently the first thing that i said i wanted to be was not a policeman or a fireman or or, or a doctor or or a lawyer it was, it was it was a writer you know um and uh and and, and, and i kind of want to go back to that day and, and and make my dad say what kind of writing you know um because <laughs> yeah. i don't know you know um i wasn't raised in the theater you know I, I, my the first play i'd ever been to was when i was i went when i was 14 with my secondary school and i hated it we went to see something like I think, it was mad it was, honestly joe I won't, I won't lie to you i was like this is dead this is dead what am i doing here and i and and you i remember just, what the play was it was king lear it was king lear and oh, I can't remember where it was on, but it was a school trip. And I was like, you know what? I know they told us to wait, but I'm opening these Walker's crisps now. <laughs> and I was, just, <laughs> I was just, I was like, this, I can't get through this, man. You know, there's just too, too much fake pain on the stage. Like, what is this? Um, and uh, yeah, man, I just didn't understand it. I think I think um, they, they threw us into the deep end, you know. Um, well, some of us. I mean, anyway. King Lear is a first play, mate. That is that is brutal. Bro, like three and a half hours of heavy Shakespeare. Do you know what I mean? I'm surprised that I even came back to theatre. Yeah. You know? I, I, and have you been creative by that point? Like when you're 14, were you doing other creative stuff like music or any other things? Or had that stuff not really entered yet into your sort of world? That that was the, my world. Yeah, that was my weekend world. Um, I was... Right. I was making music. I was uh, I was singing as part of a choir. Um, I was also singing as part of a trio, um, uh, a kind of a acoustic trio, um, uh, kind of like no acapella like a trio. Um, and so the whole singing thing there was that was one world. And then mm-hmm. uh, I was also dancing, you know, and I was dancing as part of um, uh, this troupe with my school at the time. We were called No Limits. Um, and uh, and some of those guys actually went on to be uh, flawless, you know. Um, oh this, wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. dance troupe that one is it Britain Got Talent? Um, anyway, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So when we when we were at school, we were we were, we were fully on, and 
Um, and I, anyway, it was a, yeah, I was I was doing a, I was I was doing a lot, you know, in the in the time that I had outside of school, you know, and I, and also I was balancing basketball. I used to play a ton of basketball as well, and so there was all this stuff that I was doing. Yeah, I'm um, starting to see the uh, indecisive bit here. You can see it now. <laughs> That's yeah, a lot. There's a now. huge amount going on. Madness, madness. It was bonkers, man. It was never. There was never not something to do though, which was a uh, which was a joy. Yeah. Okay, so we've got. Um, I think we're, we're like we've got teenager Inze who is dancing and making music and singing and playing basketball and basically doing everything else under the sun. Um, so how 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 do we get to um, Inze who's like got a massive career in theatre? Like how how did that happen from <laughs> having your first experience ago totally rubbish um, to ending up uh, smashing it and, and working in that industry? What 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 brought that? What brought you to that world in the end? Okay, um, you know what? I, I've I've made a story, I guess. I've strung a bunch of moments in my life together, and um, and 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 moments that make sense. And so I can hand you this story, Joe, um, mm-hmm. or I could just say I don't know. Um, and and the truth is, um, there were a few opportunities that came to me, um, and they were random. And um, they were quite, uh, honestly, they were really random. Like, um, like uh, I think my introduction to, well, my introduction to theater was literally, it started raining um, outside. I was on my way to a basketball court to play one summer and it was chucking it down. And then I just went into the first building nearby and it happened to be a theater. I happened to be 14. They happened to be loads of girls in this theater group and they were all 14 and um you know i was like hello where have you been and how do i join this group as a as a guy going through puberty um you know it was like i was i went to a boys school joe allow me man you know forgive me but like you know I, i needed some 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 and, and and my worlds were like were like you know I've come from a very traditional Nigerian family, very masculine led family. I was I went to a boys' school, you know. I I played basketball with boys and men. My world was very manly, you know, like too mm-hmm. much. It was just too much, and um and I just felt like uh, this would this gave me a, a, an option, you know, a, another kind of uh, energy, you know, that I felt like, uh, mm. and also I fancied like a whole bunch of. Them. But um, yeah, yeah, I just joined. <laughs> I started hanging out That's in the insane. theater. Yeah, uh, and and honestly, just one thing led to another. You know, you start making a bit of fit here and there, enjoying being on stage, being like expressing yourself. Um, you know, it's kind of there's a, there was also a whole other aspect of it as well with um, with acceptance, you know, that I feel like was a big part of it for me. You know, it was the first time that I had, uh, like that I was making gay friends and friends from different backgrounds. You know, there was, uh, you know, my family, my, uh, two of my sisters are gay, but I didn't have any, any of my own gay friends, you know, and it was kind of, um, you know, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am actually from a, from a big family, but, um, I used to always be a little bit, uh, as a young person, I was always a little bit, um, a little bit aware that um, if that I had a very singular uh, kind of experience of the world, you know, if I were to just mm-hmm. continue um, just with basketball and with like 
this boys' school and with whatever. I knew I needed some uh, to to kind of spread my wings to meet other people um, to, from different backgrounds and also the pressures of, as well of of that world I just described. You know, uh, having mm -hmm. to be like such a, a a man all the time, you know, or, or to pretend to 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 be an alpha or manish or whatever. Um, it, it just it just really kind of is it's annoying like it's an annoying kind of energy <laughs> and it's a performance like it's just a, it's a crappy performance and I didn't have to do that you know we could just be whoever we wanted to be um, mm. yeah anyway yeah, amazing. I was drawn to this world and, and, and yeah it, I'm grateful that it exists and so then where did writing start for you so Writing started pretty, um, okay, so jumping ahead now to uh, being around 18, um, I was meant to go to university to study physiotherapy. Um, like I said, I, you know, I'm from a very traditional Nigerian back, uh, like family, you know, and so <laughs> they really, my parents really wanted, and my dad especially, really wanted me to either be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant. <laughs> and um, I bet they loved it that you became uh, an actor, <laughs> mate. Mate, you don't want to open that, that freaking <laughs> can of worms. Um, but uh, no, nah, they're good now. They're good now. They, they really support me. But um, but yeah, you know, as a young person, um, I had kind of agreed that uh, if I am to uh, live under your roof, parents, then um, I, I'm going to take your advice and uh, and and do. You know, we'll, we'll compromise anyway. And so mm. the compromise, that the happy medium was that I was going to study physiotherapy, you know, and uh, my dad is a massive Man United fan. So in his dreams, he was like, yeah, and we're obviously going to go and, you know, work for Man United, like, you know, and I was like, yeah, of course, dad, of course. What, what else would I do? Like, <laughs> That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile, you know, I had other plans and, um, yeah, and I, you know, I guess I had plans before I was even aware of it, but I wanted to take a gap year. Um, and so I took a gap year, but I just wanted to really throw myself into into music and performance. You know, I was in these two bands at that time. I was in a band called Loka and I was in a band called JH Collective. And we were doing, we, you know, we, it, would always, it had always been a struggle, like making time for gigs and traveling around the country. Mm. And... Um, and yeah, now I had this year where I could work. I was working as a runner um, at 750 MPH, which is a sound studio that's still on Golden Square, right? So 750 mm -hmm. Golden Square. Um, and uh, I was working as a runner there, um, learning about sound and about recording and uh, getting, uh, you know, uh, lunch for David Harewood and uh, and oh, wow. <laughs> and Alan Rickman and who else was like coming in to do these voiceovers for adverts and uh, ADR and wow. stuff, you know. And I was getting coffees and lunches for these guys, you know, just thinking, wow, you're amazing, you, you know, you're doing what I would love to be doing. And then going off and doing these gigs and and um, and also in that time, I had, you know, I, I, I started kind of taking acting a little bit more serious and. Um, but it was still kind of hard to penetrate, you know, because of I, I didn't apply to any drama school and I had never been part mm. of any sort of official, like, uh, thing, drama group, whatever. I was just doing these kind of courses on the side, weekend courses for young people. One of my tutors saw me 
and said you should audition for something and I did and I and I ended up uh, getting the play and it was a play called Torn that was at the Arcola Theatre and I ended up doing that I got my agent and uh and then I started going up for auditions um and yeah and and once you know once that once that started happening you know where you're learning on your feet I could kind of see a world where I was doing this for a living and mm. um and immediately I could see that it wasn't the kind of, I don't know, it just wasn't enough for me. I just knew, Joe, that I needed to start writing. And I had all these mm-hmm. kind of, oh, like I had these, I would have these silly conversations with people. Like um, I was, um, <laughs> I remember specifically once being in a, in a, in a cafe somewhere. And, you know, you're, you're, I'm, I'm young. This is like, I've only done one play. I haven't read that many plays, not, not, not completely and and I'm a young person I'm uh I'm, I think I'm still I've, I've just turned 19 and I'm you know I've, I've, I've kind of anyway you know the kind of plays that you read when you're that young you don't you know it's not that broad you know um it's just mm. about the, the classics and the modern classics and things like that that you play around with and, and you do a little bit of this and that and but I remember being in the theater in the cafe somewhere with uh, with a bunch of like actors people who do this for real and kind of going to them. Um, oh, is is there a play about like about about this thing like where someone does that? And they were, and they were all just looking at me like it might be like I don't know like maybe there is I don't know. <laughs> and then they just keep talking about like their career and shit. And then I'll just come up with it again and I'll be like, oh wait, but is, is there? Do you guys know of a play where like a woman like walks down the street and does this weird thing and da da da? Be like bro what is your issue like what, what? I don't know like they might be they might be a play that does that. <laughs> Where you know, and and I and I, there was just a curiosity, Joe, that was kind of like I was like, I wonder whether it is this story or that story, and then I realised mm. that 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 was just my um, imaginative, like inventive brain wanting mm. to create those stories, and um, and so I got in touch with the royal court, and I said to them, I think I want to be a writer, and uh, and they were like, well, we have these courses, the critical mass, the young rights program. You've missed the Young Rats program, but if you deliver us 10 pages in a week, you know, uh, you, you'll meet the deadline for the uh, critical mass. And so I whipped up something um, three in the morning the night before the deadline. It's when you do your best work, mate. It's when you do your best work. It's, it's, I mean, Absolutely. it's that hour. It's that hour, man. Yeah. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> um, magical. Uh, anyway, got it in. And, and then that was, I guess, the rest is history, you know, just sitting there and, with other writers who are just as um some some just as green and curious as me and some who have written plays since they were so since they were seven you know and um yeah it was just and fun. did you find like because obviously it's like it's um it's a it's a slightly unusual route in you know your background the way into it mm-hmm. um coming from that sporting um sort of musical performance side of things you know mm-hmm. it's 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 not a background you see in every writer mm-hmm. um to have those sort of slightly more eclectic experiences mm-hmm. um and did you did you find that once you started talking about your writing and mixing with other writers that again you found that your voice was coming from a slightly different place to everybody else's i guess um so yeah, I guess so. That room, those rooms, those early rooms, um, were interesting. You know, uh, that's a really good question, Joe, because I I remember that I've forgotten how um, 
different I felt, you know, how green I felt in those rooms. Um, mm. There's just like, you don't really get in that room unless you, well, I mean, okay. So generally, um, if you if you make it to uh, young writers uh, group or critical mass or whatever, you've, you've got some sort of, um, you know, knowledge about theatre and about mm. plays and about all of that stuff, you know, but I was really, really green, like as in like never have, the first play my family went to see or my mum and dad was when they came to see me in something. In fact, my mum and dad have never been to the theatre <laughs> if, if I'm not on stage. Like that's just, that's just it's still the way, you know. Um, it's but, a good rule of thumb, I think. If Lorenzo's in it, go see it. And if he's not, don't bother. No point. Don't no bother, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's only, it's only theatre. Um, but... Um, yeah, you know, I just, I just, I came from a different background. Um, and yes, we do have like a, an incredible kind of history of storytelling um, in Nigeria, yeah, where I was born, but, um, but it's very different, you know, and, um, mm. and so, and so, yeah, uh, those rooms did feel quite new to me. Um, for one, you know, being, uh, you know, an inner city kid from Hackney, you know, I've, um, mm-hmm. like the one thing that you would, uh, that I would, in, like feel straight away in those rooms were the fact that I was very often uh, the only black person in those types of mm. rooms, right? Not critical mass because critical mass specifically was outreach, you know, to communities uh, who might not get their stories uh, heard or told, you know. Um, and so mm. that room actually had a few, uh, had you know, majority of people of color, you know. Um, but I heard it was mm. very different on the uh, parallel uh, young writers company. Um, Right. And, and and so and, and to be honest, uh, the, you know, most of the groups that I was I was in, um, after that, you know, I was very often either like the only black guy, or there might be the another, you know. But these are the things, Joe, that you that did kind of make me feel a little bit iso, you know, in the beginning, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and um and then it's the type of stories that I want to tell, you know, and um and I was I mean <laughs> my my first play, the play that I wrote at the Royal Court, uh. <laughs> Um, the play that I wrote at a Royal Court, uh, it ended up going, going on, like, you know, and uh, um, Nick Hearn Brooks just published it last year. It's called Estate Walls, right? Estate Walls. And it was about this wall on the estate that was behind where I lived, right? And it had, and yeah, it was just about some 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 people I knew who would sit on the wall. Um, I kind of based it on, on uh, mainly around one person I knew and then, um, and, and then, you know, just enjoyed myself for being uh, creative and, and thinking like a madman. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was just I like, that it. was it. Go on. I just want to point out, there's a sort of recurring theme in your story. Um, it's basically every time you go, oh, I just went and I did this. And then, oh, I got the job. Or, oh, yeah, my play went on. And, oh, yeah, then it got published. I mean, the, sto- the story behind getting it on... Do you know what I mean? You don't present that argument. It's all very humble, but it's just um it's just incredible to hear, you know what I mean? That those mm. that that um because you approach it with integrity and uh, truth, you know, and endeavor and hard work and energy, like it pays off. It really pays off. And that's just great to hear, I think. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, it is is it does pay off. I think it's um... huge in, and it's interesting with your writing because I can't uh, let you uh, be on this podcast without talking about Misty, uh-huh. um, because well, I mean, um, 
I mean, I'll, well, then I'm not going to talk about it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me, man. Don't rob me of this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, because that, that feels, um, you know, like that felt only from the outside, and it'd be great to hear like your thoughts, but it felt so, like such a complete expression like mm-hmm. of you and I was watching it as like there's no no one else could have written or performed this. Like this is completely him. Just like for good, bad, ugly, for better, for what you know, everything it was just like this is just somebody going like this is who I am and this is what I want to say or this is part of who I am and this is what mm-hmm. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um but if it, it, it in watching it it also feels like um exposing as a play for the performer and the writer mm-hmm. and quite radical and disruptive and terrifying and I feel like you can't have had any idea what people would respond to in it because I felt like it, it broke so many rules that you must have just gone we're just going to put it on and mm-hmm. um, we'll just have to see what audiences do because we're yeah. just like breaking over so it's just been interesting about that piece or like how you know how that came about what that process was and and what that was like to write that show and or I may just be way off the mark and um you know, actually, it was a complete fiction. Absolutely nothing to do with you. But, you know, <laughs> it, it, it felt like a real expression of somebody. <laughs> um, um, it, yeah, no, it's a it's a complete fiction, bro. I mean, you know, ghost written by someone else. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with me. Um, yeah, no. You know what? That was that was you. You described it like you know better than I could have actually. You know, maybe I'm in it too well, but it was truly um, a real kind of a uh, quite a genuine and honest expression of um of me uh as a creative um and um and also what as, as a you know just just letting my imagination run wild you know um I, mm. I i feel like i was so lucky you know this is another thing that i kind of I haven't said, you know, I don't think I've said in 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 in, in, our, in our talk, but it's really important to work with people who believe in you because, um, you know, if you can find them, I mean, please do, you know, go okay. out and look in, yeah. and then because of it helps, man, it really does, you know, when you kind of wanna, um, when you wanna really play, you know, it helps when the people in the room aren't afraid, you know, and um, and with Misty, uh. Omar Elarian, my director, and Madini Yunus, the artistic director of The Bush at the time, um, Kirsty Housley, you know, um, who was, uh, you know, uh, our, our dramaturg for um, a, a while, and uh, Stuart Pringle, um, dramaturg, um, and, and um, I'm forgetting one other, um, you know, who was uh, the dramaturg for the, the shortest period, but he, he was mm. also uh, quite... Um, just brilliant in the room and then everybody Mm. else who came and helped us workshop you know the musicians who kind of didn't get any music until the first day and were just kind of like (laughs) and I would just sing them melodies and and they were like okay I think that's in I think that's in uh I think that's in B you know or whatever and then (laughs) we work it out like it was it was a mad one but here's the thing because I don't I don't know how to work any other way man like you know, mm. I I I. This is how I do it. Like I make, I write as much as I can, and then um and then we we throw it around, man. And what sticks sticks because it's meant to, and 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 then what 
doesn't, you know, it just goes in the drain, like, you know, and, and, and with Misty, it was various um, workshops where we were all free just to do that. And there was this whole, um, like, uh, performance like aspect of it that I really kind of wanted it to, the, the, the good thing about Misty, again, was that every single, and I've never worked this way as, as well, but every step of the way, the performer was in the room because if it was mm. it's the first time I've written it for me you know so it was like can I do that you know <laughs> and, uh, sometimes it was incredibly challenging but I was like uh we could do it you know if, if I have weeks of practice I might be able to pull that off and um and so it was it was it became more than the it, it this is why for me it was never it's ne- I can't describe Misty as a play because it wasn't me sitting down and writing it. It was like me going home, writing songs or half a song, coming in, thinking, is that working? Turning a rap into a song um, and mm. then like piecing some stuff together, going back, writing an essay about how I feel about the industry, coming in, breaking it up, putting it up on the wall, going, how do I turn this essay into a, into a scene? You know, um, and then going home, like ripping voices, uh, sound audio of Morgan Freeman and and and, and Whoopi Goldberg, and and going, how do I get them to talk back to me? Like you know, like you know, and, and be really angry at me, um, because these are my my heroes, you know, and like it was kind of like, how do I get my heroes to be my enemy and to talk back to me? Which is what it feels like, you know. And mm. and it was just kind of like I didn't even care if people understood. <laughs> I just wanted to make <laughs> the thing that I knew made sense to 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 me and to everybody else in the room. Um, and and I think uh, I think we were lucky enough to, to to have the right people because if the truth is, a different artistic director, if it wasn't Madden and Eunice, they might have gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the, the last workshop we did, and I, this is this is you know, I'll, I'll just I'll say this short. But the last workshop we did was um, November the thirtieth, twenty seventeen, and everyone who came to that workshop, if you're listening to this, remember, remember how you felt, bruh, when you walked out of that room, because you were like, what the hell is this crap that they're putting on? It's gonna die. It's dead. Like these guys are messing up. Like you know, um, and uh. And yeah, that's honestly, we, we confused the hell out of that room. And uh, a couple writers in there as well know who you are. Um, you know, I saw, <laughs> I, saw, I saw them in the bar afterwards. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, um, yeah it was, it, I mean, you know, it was, it, it was, it was. And, and to be honest as well, it was a part of me that was completely like, you know, I, I understood actually. Like, you know, I'm, I, I, know, I know I just, I was just playing when I said that, you know, you know who you are. But I completely understood that the truth is Misty was a play that is, it's a play that, it's a thing that was, it's written to be performed. And in certain, like, we performed in, that that workshop was in the attic. And it was in the attic without tech, without really much music and without any balloons, like. <laughs> and I mean, so you can't how can really... you do the show without balloons? That would have been any sense. How can you do it without, a, without the balloons? It's, it's impossible. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised that people didn't understand it, that it didn't land at all. But the the, the main thing was that the last people I had a drink with that uh, evening uh, of the 30th of November was uh, Omar and Madini. And uh, and we all just kind of like shared a moment and were like, yeah, man, we, we know what it is. We got it. Um, and knowing that two months later, we were about to mount it you know but we were like yeah it's ready it's 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 like it's nearly ready we'll we'll figure the rest of it out in the in the room and uh, yeah that was it that's all i needed um 
the crucible i mean you know amazing uh play by arthur miller um i suppose on the surface um about the salem witch trials in the 1600s and the mm-hmm. puritanical settlers and mm-hmm. um the uh the the sort of hysteria caused in a town um as accusations of witch witchcraft are sent around and and, and that fear um and panic seems to grip the town mm-hmm. and truth um perspective shared decency compassion understanding all of these things are eroded um in the face of i suppose what's essentially fake news um extreme emotion um hysteria fear accusation paranoia um and in the play i suppose you know john proctor and elizabeth proctor two people who try and stand against that Mm -hmm. and, and and suffer the ultimate kind of consequence for that um but then also obviously it's quite a thinly veiled metaphor for mccarthyism when it was yes. written in the 50s and the sort of communist witch hunting going on in america um but what is it a play about for you well you've what said it all you've said it all joe i mean oh. that's like, you know it's like yeah end of end of podcast see ya um, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> So just trying to sum it up in case anyone doesn't know the player. I just wanted to give a brief yeah. bit of context. Yeah. What he said, that was good. That was good about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no. You're, sorry, what did you ask? Um, what, for you, what is it play about? Like, what connects, what, what, what's the connection for you? Like, What is it about this play that gets you? All right. It was, am I allowed to swear? I'm not, am I? Yeah, man. Let's Can come I? on. Let's just been, let's be I've rogue. Been, let's be disruptive. I know. I noticed a frig in earlier, and I thought, I thought he censored himself there. Uh, so much, but honestly, this—I'm <laughs> not even a big swearer, but I have to swear when I say this. But <laughs> this play scared the shit out of me. It, <laughs> it did. Uh, it's and I saw it <clears throat> before um, before I read it. Um, it was the one that I'd avoided, you know. Um, Miller's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my top three, and you know, easily. Um, mm. And um, you know, I'd I'd read uh, V from the Bridge. I think like many of us are, you know, that's like our first kind of Miller. It's it's yeah, yeah. View um, or uh, Death of a Salesman. It's you know, what views are kind of like a nicer introduction. Um, and mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I'd read and seen that, and I'd read and seen uh, Death of the Salesman and All My Sons as well. Um, Crucible had tried to read and then put down, um, and so when I saw that there was this uh, production of it at the Old Vic, um, a friend of mine had gone, "Oh yeah, let's go and see this play," you know, and um, you know, I'll, I'll book the tickets. Let's go on this matinee, blah blah blah, and I had gone. Um, and then I was there texting my mate, like, hey, man, uh, when are you getting here? And uh, and he was like, oh, man, I forgot, man. My bad. And um, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and it was fully sold out. You know, um, he didn't even get the tickets. Like, what a, what a, what a, what a mate. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, I go uh, and I sit down and I watch it myself. And, um, and it was an incredible production. And it was really just frightening because of... Um, I just, uh, yeah, scariest play I've ever seen. Um, it, it, it's just kind of um, the, the the kind of one of my worst nightmares is is being uh, you know kind of dragged into something 
um, uh, for either for no reason or or because of my um, my beliefs, you know. Um, mm. And I mean, I think Franz Kafka, Franz Kafka's uh, The Trial is is the re- it's the reason why that's like one of my kind of favorite stories and just um you know imagine just being woke like just just waking up to to these suited and booted like kind of like men mm. in your room like just saying hey man you you know you, you've got to be in court like you know you've done something wrong can't tell you what but you know you got to go and, and talk about it and defend yourself you know and you go and start defending yourself but you don't know what you're defending yourself for and they can't really tell you why you've been you know brought here or why these men are following you everywhere and it's like and 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 with with the crucible it was it's this it's this idea you know it's an idea of of something rotten that people that someone's made up made up and and have, have dragged like quite innocent people into um structurally it's it's also one of my favorite uh plays you know because of you know i guess proctor is john proctor is like you know the, the main um protagonist but the the antagonist and i i, I don't know anyone's name in this play um but it grows <laughs> it, it just kind of like i remember my experience of like it, it, it beginning in the in the beginning it was it was this just a, it was the um the father of betty um the reverend paris right and um, yeah, and yeah. it was just it was just his kind of you know, he, he. I feel like he had some people who kind of, uh, you know, he didn't like him or whatever. He had a, he, he had a reason to, to, uh, to be on people's good side. And so now, when his daughter is kind of talking, you know, she's got, she's in a fever and and she's uh, been acting a weird way. You know, he has a reason uh, to to kind of want to, you know, dispel people's kind of concerns and so on. And um, and and he's like a, a mini antagonist you know um mm. it's just it's just so small and and it and then it just grows um with reverend uh another one you know and 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 hail and then um hail yeah that's yeah. Right, yeah and and then it just grows to like this like it, it the antagonist and and by the way it's this beautiful thing where like every time the antagonist becomes this kind of bigger more powerful darker energy they shit on the previous antagonist you know and (laughs) and and kind of like 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 just use them to get up in a way you know and it's like and it's so beautiful um and it's so scary you know because of john isn't growing like john proctor isn't growing and in fact as well as the uh the antagonist growing and it's like it's almost like i mean here we go it's almost like a virus spreading, um, but it's mm-hmm, a, it's this mm-hmm. it's this kind of thing spreading into the mind of more powerful people. Um, as as that's happening, the community are also turning again. They have to pick a side, you know, and they see that they don't match up against this powerful dark energy, and so they they get dragged into supporting it, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, and and you know, I I I saw the play. I didn't know any any. I didn't know about the. Um, the communism tones, the McCarthyism tones. Uh, mm. I didn't. I just saw it for what it was on stage, you know. Um, and um, and I saw how someone could uh, kind of like a, basically can spin um, evil, you know, uh, for for their mm. own personal gain, you know, and the the evil of uh, of uh, calling a woman a witch, you know, uh, because of or, or whatever, you know, like just. Um, 
uh, the, the evil, you know, of, 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 I mean, uh, you know, pick one, um, of yeah, that era. Yeah, but also it's preying on those latent fears, isn't it? It's, it's manipulating through fear. Like, it's yeah. so dark. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that's what's great is what's genius about the playwright and the writing is you can know nothing about communism and Carthyism. Like he's boiled mm. it down to like the human element of it, not the political element. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. just feels so powerful. And I mean, everything you're talking about, uh, Rinzo, makes me think like if you just swap the word crucible out for today, um, it sounds like <laughs> you're just describing the world we live in. And I mean, do you find that? Does this play talk to today for you? Mm. It absolutely does. I mean, last night, um, yes, I was up at uh, 2.30 in the morning watching the uh, <laughs> vice presidential debate. Um, right, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, man, we are in a strange world right now. And, um, and you know, I know that's the US and we are over here in the UK, but we have our own issues, you know, um, and... And and yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very kind of uh, who knows what the history books will, will, will write about this or how we'll survive or if we'll survive. Um, I think we will, but um, but it's definitely gonna you know it's it's gonna be uh, it's it's get, it's getting ugly, you know, and um, and mm. it's gonna be uglier uglier before uh, before we're fully out of the woods, um, if ever. But um, but yeah, yeah, it's very it's very uh, important today. You know, if I genuinely, if I was an artistic director of something, I'd, I'd be thinking about when to program this. You know, maybe mm. uh, bring it as maybe as the first uh, <laughs> first playback. You know, when we <laughs> open theaters because of this, it is so current. It is you know, and I think people want to see this. Um, and this is why it's this is why it's one of my favorites because it's timeless. Like you know, if you had mm. put this play on. Um, uh, you know, ten years ago, you know, I'm sure there was something where it was, uh, and if you had kind of, yeah, I'm sure it would, it would speak to to that time, you know. Mm. Um, there's never been a time where um, where minorities um, aren't aren't attacked in in the name of patriotism. Like you know, it's it, 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 that's always kind of that's always happened, you know. Um, and there's never been a time where uh where where the where where um evil uh ideas um are are spread you know um as, as lies and, and, and fake news you know in order to kind of for for propaganda or political or gain you know um, whether it be political or monetary like it's kind of uh it's it's just such a an important play you know that kind of speaks to mm. not just uh all times but also all ages you know i feel like um I feel like there's another. Uh, there was a version of this play that I missed. Um, it was at, it was on at the yard, and you know, like I saw a very big production of it um, at the Old Vic. Um, but a few, I think maybe it was either last year or the year before, but there was a production of it at the yard that was much it been pared down, and there was a lot of doubling. I heard about it, but it even it even really worked then. You know, in in this kind of mm. small space. Um, yeah, I just think, and 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 again, you know, here's the thing: it's Miller. You know, and Miller is a is a genius, and and um, and it's not like, man, it's just such beautiful storytelling. What did I watch last night? Like, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm watching movies now, like a lot more movies mm. because of, you know, the theaters are, are closed down, and it's great mm. movies. Movies are wonderful. Um, 
But when you, but with these massive like plays, you really get to explore something that you just can't do in cinema. You know, um, mm. with with these dialogues and with the debates, you know, that Miller is having and that that, that Miller's putting in people's mouths, um, the emotion, the, the 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 kind of emotional journeys and psychological journeys that you go on with these characters, um, some of this stuff you can really only do in the theater live when you have two and a half three hours you know um mm. and 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 when you have the lights and you have the smoke and you have the your you know <laughs> it's 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 stuff that you have to kind of feel the vibration of somebody's voice from the stage to your seat um and that is you know and, and that's how he writes you know and um and and this play was it was written for the theater you know and um and mm. it really like what watching i don't know like it was I don't know what I was watching last night, but I think the MacGuffin was, uh, you know, uh, save the girl, you know, or something, you know, or, or, or <laughs> yeah. find the killer of the dead yeah. girl, you know. And it's like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's that, probably... that, that incredibly novel and un, unused idea. Oh, my previously. I mean, I'd never seen it used before, you know, blew my mind. I was like, why don't we? Yeah, yeah. You're like, why oh, God, never... so bold. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? So, like, no one's ever done that, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Oh, violence to women. Oh, great. That's oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Great idea. That's, great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then and then we're talking about this, and and this is like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just it, this is what makes me miss theater. You know, I'm 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 crying inside, <laughs> man. But it's like yeah. this is this is it. What what you can achieve with like with Miller's anyway. Yeah, definitely, and 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 just that slower pace. I think in theater, you know, you can sit with someone for a lot longer, can't you? A character. Yeah. Whereas TV or film, I feel like it demands to move quicker. You've got to get into the next scenario, the next jump cut, the next whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Man. That's I mean, every every time I come and see your productions, I'm just like, fuck, you know, this is slow, slow pace. <laughs> slow. <laughs> is that what you're talking about, Joe? Yes, mate. Slow. Well, you're, I, I'm gonna, I'm embracing your adversity. I'm gonna turn it into an opportunity. <laughs> Um, uh, and I'm excited about that. So, so look, look for Misty Two. That's going to be written by me about a ginger guy in the city trying to find, you know, his place. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh I'm, I'm coming to that, bro. I'm in the foyer oh. now. Well, mate, you know the the balloons are orange. I, in in my head, I was like, that's a nod to me, Arinze. Thank that you. Was, yeah, that's a nod honestly, to my ginger hair. No I'm so that, glad you yeah. saw that. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of people saw that, but I'm glad we can set the record straight. Oh uh, yeah, on that. me too. Um, bad. But yeah, I mean, hearing you talk about it as well is like just makes me miss it even more. Because yeah. um, yeah. you're 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 totally right, and it's also it's quite like the well-made play, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it's that sort yes, of it it's in four acts. It's yes, it you know, and obviously Misty in some ways is the complete opposite of that. Um, but in classic kind of Irinze eclectic style, do you also, you know, want to write the well-made play? Like, does that structural form interest you as well as the slightly more radical disruptive form? Or do you just appreciate that in other writers, but that's not your thing? Um, I don't think it's my thing, no. Um, I've, you know, I, I, I really haven't, uh, you know, uh, should, I, should I use language and words? Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's maybe, a good idea. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that that might be better um <laughs> i have had a good time being a writer for the last 13 years and it's because of i really get to play and do whatever i mean i have written the 
kitchen sink play, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say that's God, God's property, you know. Yeah. Um, I've written the monologue play, uh, Misty. I've written the kind of, you know, the, the kind of like teen triptych kind of whatever. I, I, I Little Baby Jesus, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That was... Yeah, that was that was really kind of I can't remember what inspired that structure, but um, who knows, man? Who knows if there is a kind of well-made play um, mm. in there, you know? Um, but uh, I don't I don't know if there is, you know. It do, it doesn't seem it's not really the way that I write, you know, um, or make work anyway, you know. Um, mm. I, I feel like uh, I don't know at this point. I don't know what the structure is until I until the end you know it's because of uh, i have i have the, the structure has to worship <clears throat> the story and what i'm trying to say and convey and so so is it a gut feeling that comes first for you then and then you follow that do you maybe yeah sometimes there's a gut feeling about yeah. an issue or uh, sometimes it's a statement i want to explore um sometimes mm-hmm. it's a character where i can hear something um i hear lines um a sentence or or it's just the character you know um like mm-hmm. a the next thing i'm writing right now i have a character i don't have a journey i don't have i don't know what she does i don't know well i know what she does for a living but i don't know what she's doing in the, in, mm-hmm. in the story um and and yeah it's just it, it can begin anyway but my point is just that, like, I, I don't, I don't have the character, and then go, okay, so how do I fit this character into the four act structure? Or I don't have the subject, and then go, okay, so how do I fit this into da da da? It's some people do, and that's great, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that person. I kind of just, mm-hmm. I play and play, and until I, until I, I kind of start enjoying myself um and and I, and I and i try and figure out what i love about it and there really is no singular kind of i keep a writing journal right and i've realized from like and i don't go back in it much but sometimes i do but i've realized that my process has never been the same ever like it never mm. is it never like replicate something that i did earlier or some i just begin anywhere and then sometimes it ends really quickly um and and it's ready to go to the next stage and sometimes it's just kind of at this kind of simmering energy for like years sometimes you know it's just who knows you know yeah it's amazing yeah i'm i feel like i'm lucky to be able to work this way if i'm honest because i know that like it's something that probably people have to um like a I don't know. Like, a, I know that in the beginning it was very different. Like, people wanted plays from me. Um, I had to kind of work and uh, quickly sometimes um, mm-hmm. to keep momentum, you know. But like now, I get to take my time. I get to have workshops, you know, which is one of the best things in the world. Like, just get a bunch of creatives, actors, a director, um, dramaturg, musicians in a room, and yeah, it's. A, I know I'm lucky to be able to do that yeah i mean it's an, am- it's, it's an amazing way of working it sounds like a really adventurous complex scary exciting sort of way of working that mm. um seems to produce really interesting results so you mm. know it seems to work for you 
even though yeah. you couldn't um it's like you couldn't uh it's sort of indescribable in a way you can't like you couldn't teach it or replicate it you know what i mean it's like it's just your process and i think that's really exciting to hear i mean in in the studio do you know what? i feel like i know what i'm trying to replicate because of um i've made the, the longest thing like the thing i've done for the longest is made music right and mm-hmm. um and i realized that there's a rhythm that when I've, cause I've probably made like over a hundred songs now at this point, but like there's a rhythm that I kind of, I, that I now have. And it's the rhythm of going into this room, making like a coffee or a tea with a bunch of people, just talking, like shooting the shit, just talking about anything. And then watching or listening to something, you know? And it could be like, we could listen to John, John Coltrane or we could listen to Sierra like you know or, or, or Beyonce or whatever like it's just like listening to something we might not be listening to the artist it might be the, the beat or the instrumental or whatever and then just beginning you know beginning mm. and, and um and it's beginning with a discussion you know about it and about what we want to do maybe it might even not have anything to do with what we're what what we've, we've invited Sierra in the room she might not have anything to do with what we're doing but and and that's kind of I enjoy that type of environment where you just kind of you're, you're locked in and you're just inviting random spirits <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're, you're playing, man. That's yeah. It. Anyway, I love it. Just playing. I, I mean, that's, that's, that's the sort you know? of you should stop me, bro. No, uh, it's not. I think just just playing is like the theme, right? Through everything, through yeah. um, all your explorations when you were younger. That, that idea of just playing, just being open, just going in, mixing up, seeing what happens. I think that's a, that's a sort of defining feature of you and your work underneath all of it. And it is. And, and, and when, when I start making absolutely tragic, crappy shows, they're going to be like, oh, he needs to stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he needs to stop playing. I don't know why he's doing that. You know, he needs to sit yeah. down and write a four act, yeah. well-made play. <laughs> You know, when you see a Borak Wame play from me, just know that that playing has stopped working. Stop working. Today. Yeah, I'll also, I'll know that's probably the beginning of the end. I'll be like, okay, there is, yeah. in the, he's in the dark days. <laughs> um, yeah, amazing. Well, listen, man, thank you so much um, for being on the show and for having thank a conversation you. with us, for just being so open about your experience and your process. Really, really amazing to hear and exciting. And I imagine for a lot of creatives out there and writers out there, it, it, it's great to hear a really different angle on it on on mm. both an approach to how you got into the work and how you make the work it's really exciting mm. so thank you thank you thank you man thank you we got to get in the room together as well at some point that'd be uh, glorious yes i you will know. hold you to that arunze uh, yeah, i've now I mean, got I, it on record wanna, i've got, got it on record. recorded <laughs> I, I, I mean i can i can really i can be slow you know i can make slow theater <laughs> I'd be like, Rinse, too fast, mate. Too fast. Slow down, mate. Show your beans. We've got three hours. We're like racing through this stuff. Uh, I'm in. Well, I'm in, man. I've got you recorded, so I will play that regularly to you. Uh, so get ready for that when you're in your. Oh, I'm busy, Joe. Oh, I can't be like, listen, mate, we've got it on record. <laughs> I won't. I won't, mate. I'm, I'm there. You know, it'd be lovely. All right, man. All right, man. Well, much love. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the show. The amazing Arinze there, everybody. I loved hearing his insights on the play, his career, and this industry as a whole. 
His philosophy of charting your own course and turning obstacles into opportunities is very inspiring. Thanks so much for listening and continuing to support us at the Sherman Theatre and the Old Vic. Until next time, go gently and go safely. The Old Vic would like to thank principal partner Royal Bank of Canada and the T.S. Eliot Estate for their support. Sherman Theatre would like to thank the Arts Council Wales and everybody who has supported us through this difficult time.